Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the middle of the movie A Bug's Life, Hopper and Molt are having a conversation because Molt has an idea. There were those ants, you see, those ants way over there on an island, and they, well, they hadn't gotten the right amount of offering together. There wasn't enough grain to be gotten around. Well, there had been an accident. That's a long story. But they were thinking about just chilling out and enjoying life for a little while and then eventually going back to Ant Island to see if there was an offering. But some of the guys didn't want to go back. They were having a good time. They thought they'd just stick it out right there and go back next year. And so Molt brought this idea up to, to Hopper, being vice president and all. Hopper wasn't impressed. And he starts to get angry with his brother Molt, and he's about to clock him one alongside the head. And Molt says, they talk fancy to me. I got confused. It's hard to understand sometimes. It's hard to be understood sometimes. Have you ever seen any of these modern communication theories charts? They they look like they look like something electrical engineer put together to try to rewire somebody's house. About words going out and being there kind of in the air in between us, and then they, they, they land on our ears, and we're supposed to understand. But, but then there's all kinds of noise, and there's all kinds of ways of misunderstanding. Well, because maybe you, you choose the wrong word, not quite the word you intended. And so that creates a, a false impression, a, a, a misunderstanding. Right? Mis understand. Or, or maybe it's on the other end where I didn't quite hear you clearly. Maybe there's a, a physical thing with my ear, but maybe I just don't understand the words you're using just the way you intended. But then there's, then there's the challenge of actually using different languages. Right? Translating in between. We have Google Translate now. And that's supposed to actually work in real time to help understand you ever tried to use Google Translate? <laughs> it's not quite there yet. Well, we have AI. We have artificial intelligence now. And so peace on Earth is right around the corner because we're all going to understand each other that much better. We can fold up the UN, not just for that reason, but probably for a whole bunch of other reasons, but still, <laughs> but still, Peace on earth, right? Finally, we'll be able to sit down across the table with somebody that we've never met and be able to understand absolutely clearly what is on their heart and mind and they with us. And suddenly, spears will turn into plowshares because misunderstandings have been set aside. In Paul's text, in Paul's letter, he's 
absolutely concerned that he be understood, that his fellow people, the people of Judea scattered around the world would understand the word of the Lord, that the nations around, all around, would hear the good news of the reign of God in Jesus Christ, and that they also would understand. And not just understand, but hear the promises of God for what they are, and believe those promises for the sake of eternal life together. So that the, the vision of God with nations gathered around the throne of the Lamb would become that true reality. And could even, even see some glimpses of that in this life in anticipation of the life to come. We have this hope. And it is a bold, bold hope. That God forgives sins now for the sake of the blood shed by his son Jesus Christ and that he has provided an absolutely secure guaranteed down payment for the resurrection of the body by raising his son from the dead and putting him on display so that nail scars and all we might see him. And that even ahead of time he gave a further down payment of that first down payment, like, a, like earnest money, in the transfiguration of our Lord, so that when Peter, James, and John were there with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, anticipating the soldiers coming over the left shoulder of Jesus to take him away and put him on a cross, that they would have in the back of their minds this vision of Jesus as promise. Maybe I don't know what it means that the crucified one is on the cross right now, but he told me on the third day I will rise. Maybe I don't know what that means yet. But in the midst of seeing my Savior bloodied and broken, I will hold on to that hope. You see, we are on the first side of the parentheses that Lent is about to provide. In the midst of Lent, we will go into all the things of the suffering of Jesus. Intentionally so, because that's where we live. That's what it's like. I don't know if you've been out there in the world much this last week, but my steps throughout the world this week left me a little bit more worse for wear so that I'm happy to be here. Because the antidote for the worst for wear that I get when I go out in the world is not just to take a nap, but it's more Jesus. 
It's to be steeped in the baptismal waters so that I can die and rise. And it is to be with you at the altar here to feast on him, my tree of life. My cross-delivered tree of life so that I can taste and see that the Lord is good even while his world is falling apart. So that I can know that the forgiveness of sins is for me. Oh yeah, along with everybody else, but for me, you know. I need it. And the clarity that that brings. Because when the word of God shines into the darkness, whether the darkness is the darkness of the world or the darkness of my very own mind, the darkness of my very own heart, encrusted by sin, that light allows me finally again to see and to hear and to understand. misunderstandings have been going on for a long time. That woman you gave me, the serpent deceived me. My brother doesn't understand me, he hit my head with a rock. Life is about violence. Life is about power. Life is about domination. Rather than authority being for the sake of service, it is for the sake of crushing. <clears throat> Misunderstandings have come all the way around in full circle. Moses comes to Pharaoh and finds a hard-hearted Pharaoh. So that the word of the Lord bounces off of one eardrum and doesn't even go through the other. And people cannot hear me. They're like, they're worse than a mule. A mule understands the voice of his master to know where to go and what to do. But my people, they need bits and bridles. They need to be tugged here and there. They don't know what they're doing. Hard-heartedness, stiff-neckedness, misunderstanding, refusal of gifts, all this, all this our Lord experiences. And even in the, the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, he, he comes to his disciples regularly over and over again and says, who do, who do people say that I am? I'm not a prophet, a teacher, a counter to uh, the Sadducees maybe, the Pharisees, some guy who is wandering around doing miracles, feeding people with bread. All kinds of answers. Shall we say what he is and who he is? Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, right answer. But then when it comes to will we go to Jerusalem and die on the cross and rise from the dead? No, 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 that's not what it means to be the Christ. You should have a white horse and a big sword. <laughs> right words. Wrong meaning. In the course of Jesus' ministry, he was far more misunderstood than understood. 
we'll get to the point in walking through the passion narrative when finally he comes to the, the chief priests. Are you the son of God? Yes. Blasphemy. <laughs> but that's the right answer. It's not blasphemy if it's true. And Pilate comes to Jesus. What is true? Cast it right back at him. Veils. Veils upon veils upon veils. Everybody having their own veil, a different veil. Blocking, keeping back the light of Christ. Blocking it out so that it can't be heard, can't be seen. And so is not spoken. Paul in his letter puts out the prayer that that light would break through the darkness and pierce the veil. And that by this ministry that has been given by grace, that the Lord by this very word would lift the veil, unstop the ears, open the eyes, and allow the light of Christ to pierce the darkness of mind and heart so that people might hear and see and even taste that the Lord is good. And that the reign of God had come upon them. Repent, be open, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so he further says, there are all many, so many ways to misunderstand and be misunderstood. That far be it from me, that I create more misunderstandings or am adding to the ways to be misunderstood. We're not going to come to you with cunning and trickery. We're not going to come, come to you with sleight of hand or with baits and switches. We're going to come to you with Jesus forthrightly and steadfastly to come to you with the gospel of God in Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead. There's no reason to become a member of this congregation if you don't believe that. That's what we do here. We proclaim Jesus Christ, his kingdom, his reign, and his ongoing mission. For the sake of the people of the world, the church of God exists so that they can bring light into darkness. And there's plenty of it. There's plenty of darkness, and there's an eternal source of light. And so we bring this word and promise and proclamation so that you too might be transformed again. Because... <laughs> It seems like every time I check my ears, there's more wax in it. So you go out into the world and you live for another six days. And you hear all that you hear and you see all that you see. And our eyes get a little bit dimmer and our ears get a little bit more stopped. Until we come back to this place. 
and we get our ears washed out again. So that the baptismal water can flow freely to hear the word of the Lord again. Remember. Because the enemy would love to put your light of Christ under a bushel again. To keep you from being contagious. To keep you from being persuasive. To keep you from being a person of peace. A non-anxious presence. A, a gift to your neighbor in the name of Jesus Christ. So having this ministry by God's grace and mercy, we do not lose heart. We renounce disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. It is what it is. It is its own life. It needs no defense. It simply needs proclamation. And so we commend ourselves with the open statement of the truth into the hands of God, into your hands as well. Along with sharing the gospel one-to-one, -one, we are intending also to multiply the efforts of bringing church workers into the church to serve both those that are established congregations, those that are struggling, and those that wish yet to be planted in places where the kind of word that is being spoken is just adding darkness to darkness to bring light into those places. And the efforts go across the board, from public schools to Lutheran schools, to home schools across the nation. Recruitment from colleges into high schools and from seminaries into elementary schools and everything in between to get the word out to help God's people to shore up the proclamation of the kingdom of God in this world. And the call goes out to congregations amongst their members and their elders. Will any of you learn of Christ in order to speak his name boldly? And that call will continue to go out because more needs to be done. There's far too many people who don't know, don't know, and don't cherish yet what our Lord Jesus Christ has actually accomplished. The door he's opened, the forgiveness he provides, the reconciliation, the hope, the peace, the comfort in the midst of this world, and the hope of eternal life. Don's 78 years old. Moses was 80. Four years of study, four years of preparation in order to become a pastor in the church. He'll serve alongside us here. But that doesn't mean he has to be the only one. In fact, we pray that God will continue to multiply we have five 
congregations in the Rala area that are without a pastor right now. Their prospects of calling a pastor from the field are slim. The call goes out. Who will serve? We pray that men and women in deaconess programs will continue to answer that call. Here am I, send me. While I was up in orientation week with Don, I learned that our sister congregation in St. James, who has been vacant of a pastor full-time for 14 years, has identified a man in their midst to go through the same program. He's going to start in the fall. God, praise God. The pastor from the seminary that's been serving them is now 63. He can't be there forever. So they are doing what they can. The prospects of calling a man apart from that would be slim. But for the opportunity for the word of God to, to continue to flourish means that that congregation does not die. And a foothold in the world does not become extinguished. More of our congregations, more of our elders, more of our men need to realize that perhaps it is they that God is calling in the ministry. It is a good life. It is a blessed life. I hope, I hope that your sons and daughters who might become deaconesses also see that as I conduct my ministry, most of the time I have a smile on my face. I hope that's the case. It is a joy. It is, forgive me, but from my own perspective, the most important work that can be done. And I realize that there is important work to do in the world all over. And you all do important work. But for the sake of the fruit of eternal life, we pray that God will continue to multiply all of the church at every level so that some might be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.